my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. Radio presents Podversations, a weekly discussion with the biggest names and influencers in podcasting. Want to learn the secret psych-up rituals Scrub star Zach Braff and Donald Faison use before every fake doctor's real friends taping? How Vice News parachutes into war zones to rescue journalists from life-threatening situations? Or why Keegan-Michael Key and Blumhouse believe 3D audio is the future of storytelling? Whether you're a newbie trying to break into the podcast game or an exec trying to refine your playbook, Podversations is the easiest way to keep your pulse on the industry. Hey, everybody, and uh, welcome to this week's edition of the iHeart Podcast webinar speaker series. I'm Connell Byrne, the CEO of the iHeart Media Digital Audio Group. And we do this every week. We take a half an hour out. We sit down with a, with a partner creator of iHeartMedia, specifically the iHeart Podcast Network, somebody that we have gone into development with and either just put out or are about to put out a really great show. And these have turned into some of the coolest conversations I've had in the last two years. We started this during quarantine to try to stay more connected. And I don't think it's something we'll stop as we slowly, fingers crossed, come out of quarantine because these have been really meaningful, awesome discussions about why people create, what other mediums they come from, what about podcasting interests them. This week's guest is no exception, Jessica Zor. First of all, thank you so much for hanging out with us uh, today. It really means a lot. <laughs> I'm so happy to be here. And it's so cool how you explain that saying to stay connected because this is kind of the new way to do it. And I think the more that we do things like this, the more it does feel like 
it used to be like, you can't get that feeling of being in the room, which I think, I don't know if we'll ever have that exactly because it is a different thing. But the more we do this, the more you do feel like you get to know the people you're working with on the other end and connecting on a different way. And, and I think that's super brilliant and super cool you did this because it's just more conversations to be had and, and more growing and people learning and, and experiencing things through other people and, and conversations. So I think that's super rad. Yeah, it's been, to say the least, and we were joking about this before we went live on this, the extent to which we all now depend on technology to <laughs> to, to pretend like we are still human is yeah. alarming. But um, to start sort of at the end, you have a podcast coming out called XOXO. It's out already. Out already it's yeah. very loosely, and we'll get into why it's not really this. It's very loosely in this new huge genre of podcasts called Rewatch Podcasts. It is not exactly that, but to be clear about it, this podcast's purpose is a deep dive into the cultural phenomenon that was this show, Gossip Girl, that you were the star of. Mm -hmm. You are a, a model and actress in film and television. You're maybe best known for portraying Vanessa Abrams on Gossip Girl, but you've been on Complications, Twin Peaks, Shameless, The Orville, you're also a, a new mom, relatively new mom. Is that accurate? Yeah, she's 13 months this week. So yeah. So that's a way to make quarantine like double interesting. So what's that like during quarantine uh, without like, you know? Yeah, without getting into it, into it. Yeah. No. We found out I was pregnant in the very beginning, like in May, end of April, early May, because I remember it was Cinco de Mayo and we had found out like later that week. And so I was pregnant all of quarantine. So in a weird way, it was kind of the best time to be pregnant if I find the silver lining and things because I wasn't on set for 15 hours a day. I couldn't do anything. I had a really great pregnancy, so I wasn't very sick. But I also say, well, how would I know? Because I just got to relax and have my feet up and like go on walks. But right. so in a weird way, it was like the best time to be pregnant. And then actually the only time I ended up actually getting COVID towards the end of my pregnancy. And that was the only time I was sick, which was scary because it was all still new for everyone. There wasn't, oh, wow. you know, vaccines, there wasn't anything. So everything obviously turned out fine and, and everyone's okay but I with not laugh but like yeah, yeah. I find it very ironic that that was the only time I was you're, sick during my pregnancy when you're pregnant and you go to a doctor and you have COVID are they sort of looking at you like I don't know well, well yeah because it was know. so new and and the weird thing is is I was like I was home I wasn't around people so I'm like I literally got it from being home Brad plays hockey and yeah. they test you know so much even still and he had gotten it from a trainer and they trickled it down but I had been around him so yeah and it was scary just because of the unknown but yeah. it was we got through it and it was fine but <laughs> you're like I didn't need to know all that but no I did I find it, part of it. I, 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 you're you're one of just a few folks I've talked to who went through the wonderful thing that is pregnancy during COVID but I'm like I have four kids it was hard enough in normal times I can't imagine it during during quarantine but let's go back way yeah. before that so yeah. for a lot of these conversations we've had there is sometimes maybe usually some kind of formative thing in a creator's life, a performer's life that shaped them enough at a young age, youngish age, where they felt like, I want to do that. I need to communicate, create, perform for my life. I want to, broadly speaking, storytell as part of my job. Mm -hmm. What was that for you? How young? Was there an uncle or a friend or a mom or a dad? What was it? I feel like I was at probably around five years old. Someone had stopped my mom, got me into modeling, and my parents 
parents were always kind of saying, you know, whatever money you would make during that, which is kind of funny at five, but it, I was kind of working a lot. And then at 10, they had me start working in Chicago. And then a couple of times a year, we'd go to New York for, you know, some jobs. So my parents were taking that money to save so that I could go to school without taking a loan eventually, which I thought was very sweet of them. Little did they know years later, I was going to be like, come home from my first day of my senior year of high school and say, I'm actually going to go to LA and go see what that agent was talking about five years ago when you guys told me at 13, I couldn't go. So I did that. My first day of my senior year, I went to my homeroom and the, the teacher said, you know, here's the first day of the rest of your life of some kind of quote yeah. similar to that. And I kind of kept saying it in my mind. And I'm like, I don't know if like I was going to go to school in Chicago. I was going to be close to my home hometown, but yet still in a big city, you know, an hour and a half away in Chicago to where I'm from. And it just wasn't sitting well with me. I was like, I don't think I'm going to do that. So I walked to my guidance counselor, took all of my credits first semester and was going home that afternoon to basically ask or tell. I don't know. I, I wasn't really going to take no for an answer. My parents to give me their blessing and let me go to LA. It would have been my second semester of my senior year. And they were like, if that's what's going to make you happy. And I went that January. My mom came with me for a couple of weeks. And it was something that someone had believed in me when I was 13 to come after. He said, there's just something she should come for a pilot season. And that never left my mind. But I liked being on set, even though these were commercials and it wasn't necessarily theater or film yet or, or television. I like telling stories. I liked to entertained. I like making people smile or feel something. And I liked feeling something and growing in that. And then there was an acting class with Howard Fine where I did a scene. And when I was done with that, the emotions I felt were something I said, I want to tell stories oh, and wow. I want people to watch these stories. So th there's kind of little pieces in different parts of my life. I remember reading this book, Blubber, as a kid and the emotions and the things that this girl went through. I felt like, oh, more people need to hear that or more people need to know people's stories so that they don't feel alone or they can learn from it. So there's kind of different different things throughout my life that kind of like added to me not going to school and leaving my family and going to Los Angeles to be an actor because that's a real wild thing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, who does that? Then you get yeah. to LA and you're like, whoa, a lot of people actually. It's true. I mean, but there's two things that stick out to me. Like one is that is, I'm inclined to say not a normal childhood, but I don't know a normal childhood to be honest. So there's, <laughs> right. there's, that, there's that part of it too. But like th that sounds both like an incredible childhood, but also like a really different, disruptive, challenging, uh, you're ahead of yourself childhood. And then also that moment when you're 18 and you call your parents and you're like, I'm going to go to LA. The only yeah. comparable for me was uh, I was in my early 20s and I told my parents, I'm not going to be a doctor. I'm going to do something else entirely. And this was really difficult for them. And what how did that make you feel when it was it difficult for your parents? Because you always want your parents' blessings. Of you course. Do. Of course, it made me feel terrible. It made me feel for a minute at least, maybe I'm doing the wrong thing. Maybe right. I'm crazy. I will say it, not to be cheesy about it, it, it. If you can manage to flip that around and use it to say, mm -hmm. no, I'm going to be even more sure. I'm even more sure of my decision because right. they've made it harder to make that decision. Right. That can be helpful too. But like, was that it takes was a that certain hard? person to do that though? Yes. I you know what I mean? Sometimes yeah. you'll be fighting that in your head. Like my parents said no, and that can be very difficult. Did you have support at, eight, at 18? Did you have support or was it you know, like? They were very supportive. They said, if that's what's going to make you happy. And, and that kind of, in a big way, I didn't have another plan. I was going to LA. In the back of my mind, I thought I could still go to school when I would have. I could still like do this pilot season for my second semester of my senior year. And I can still go back and start school in Chicago 
wanted to be an interior designer. I never had a plane ticket back. I, it was a loose thing in my mind, but I also think that was in case maybe it wasn't going the way I thought, which it doesn't when you go to LA because there's so much more to it than people understand or know or get. And so that was a learning thing for me. But I think the part of me saying, oh, I could, I could still go to school when I wanted to was in case it wasn't, something wasn't going the way I wanted it to. I had like an excuse to say, but I really didn't have another plan. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, because I was kind of like, this is just what I'm going to do. But then again, it, it's like such a wild thing. And I was on the set of My Wife and Kids, which is a Damon Waynes and a Tisha Campbell. And, and Marlon Waynes was there in the makeup room. And he said, wait, so you just moved out here? And I said, yeah, a couple, you know, it was maybe two months or something. And I'm going back in a couple months when I would have started school if I didn't come out here. And he said, you can't do that. You can't just do that. You got to keep working at it. And you're already on a set now. And, and that kind of set with me too. And I'm like, he's right. What, what am I doing? Let's keep growing. And the cool thing too, for acting or artists is we can always learn and grow as we get older. We're different than athletes. As athletes get older, their bodies give out. Yeah. So as artists, we can just keep growing and learning. And that kind of sat with me too. Like there was just different moments in my life. I'll never forget that conversation with Marlon Waynes. And don't get me wrong. There was still times I wanted to move home even after I booked a show or the 10 that I didn't book. Oh God, this industry is so hard. And you're told right. no more than you're told. Yeah. And you can't help but to think, what am I doing wrong? Even if it's, you know, we, we've talked about it on the podcast many times. Sometimes it's a height thing. Sometimes it's a hair color. So sometimes it has nothing to do with your performance or what you brought. But I think it takes a lot to um, start to understand that and, and be okay with it without getting certain jobs, you know? dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure, I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic, oracle.com slash strategic. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. How did you go from, I'm probably skipping over a lot here, but how, how did Gossip Girl happen? And when was the moment after it happened that you realized, oh boy, this is big and going to change things? I had been working, I did a, a show called What About Brian? It was my first time being a series regular. It was a J.J. Abrams and Brian Burke show on ABC, working with a wonderful cast and having that taste and that flavor of, you know, going to a set on a lot every day was awesome and playing this character, Laura, and it was beautiful and wonderful. And when that show came to an end, I was, you know, trying to find my next job, wasn't booking, wasn't booking, wasn't booking, got to a point where I'm like, you know, I've had enough. I want to, I want to go home. And I called my mom. And that was the one thing my mom and dad obviously were always like, anytime you want to pick up and come home, you come home. So as, as easy as they were to say, go, they were like, you're easy to come back. You know what I mean? But listen to how funny this is. I called her and I said, I want to come home. And she said, okay. So she flew out to come get me. I said, I, all of my family was getting together for stuff. All my friends were in school. I was having a hard time meeting groups of friends that were honest and real, not the people I worked with. People I work with were great, but sometimes you need a life outside of that. And my mom flies out and all of a sudden we're going to this restaurant, Pache, and through a couple of the people I worked with on What About Brian, someone had introduced me to an amazing actor, wonderful human being. We get to the restaurant and him and my mom basically were going to tell me that they don't think I should move home, that there's a lot of opportunity. And when it gets hard, that's the easiest thing to do is to run. And it was Jamie Foxx and my mother sitting at Pache in LA. And I was kind of like, wait, why? This is so, you know, easy for you to say. And he, you know, he'd been in the industry for so many years. But again, this was another thing that kind of sat with me. So my mom came to bring me home, but really was telling me, mm-mm, you need to stay. And then a week later, I was still in a funk. My friends came to pick me up to bring me to a barbecue. And it was like a thing I didn't want to do. I'm like in LA, everyone talks about themselves in the industry, ironically what I'm doing now. Um, And I didn't want to do it. And we get to this barbecue, which actually in the first episode of XOXO, Josh Schwartz, the creator of Gossip Girl explains this story. I get to the door and it was the creator of, of Gossip Girl. And they like went to a back room and I guess looked up to see if I was an actor. Don't mention anything to me the entire time at the barbecue. I don't even know that this is a creator of any show of anything house. So I was completely blindsided when my manager called me a couple of days later and said, you were at Josh Schwartz house and he wants you to go to Warner Brothers this week. If you book, if they like your tape, you will leave Thursday and shoot Friday, something crazy like that. And that's kind of what happened. I went and did my three episodes that was initially what it was. And yeah. on the third or fourth, I should say, they asked me to be a series regular. And now here I am, you know, 10 plus years later, doing a walk down memory lane and a kind of rewatch of the show because it touched so many people and was kind of a hit on a level that I'm now learning and seeing even more in a different lens because when you're in it, doing it 10 years ago, we knew it was crazy and insane, but I'm like watching things back or reading articles and like kind of looking into it more than I ever did. It's pretty wild what that show 
did and was for all of us and for all the fans across the world. Yeah, I mean, was there a moment when you were doing it where you were like, I wasn't famous, now I'm really famous. <laughs> and how did you process that? What's that like? It's the weirdest thing because I think as an actor, when you're just trying to create and and tell stories and book a job so that you can keep learning and pay your bills, you know, you don't always want to be a waiter and like trying to do your schedule to make this audition and then get this. Not that there's anything wrong with being a waiter. I'm just meaning like when you're out there doing your dream, you, you, you're trying to live it and do it. You don't think when you book something, it's going to hit this way or there's going to be paparazzi or people are going to ask for your autograph. You're, you're just doing your job to do your job. And hopefully you're doing, you know, putting everything into it to do the best you can do. But in the back of your mind, I don't, I never thought any of that. So I, one of the days when we got to work, we all had to have security guards. That was a big moment where I'm like, whoa, this is crazy. And one other time walking with my security guard, who's a lovely human, he had worked on sex in the city and there was a group of girls and someone hands me, I always really liked Hello Kitty and it was like a little squishy keychain. And I grabbed, I'm like, thank you. I love that you know that I love Hello Kitty. And he grabbed it and said, no. And I'm like, what are you doing? It's a Hello Kitty, it's so cute. And he ripped off the head and there was a microphone in there. So to me, it was like more things like that that were like a little scary. I'm like, people are obsessive and weird and they want to find out stuff to, to go the length of putting a microphone in a stuffed animal and give it to me. It's crazy. And it's probably yeah. very illegal. <laughs> yeah, it's a little different. I mean, the other yeah. thing that resonates for me, though, is that moment where you're sitting there with your mom and Jamie Foxx and you decide to not go back. The other 99% of people who did go back and yeah. just called it a day. It's a really, really hard business. There's this thing in podcasting that's really been honestly surprising to those of us who've been making podcasts for a long time. We at iHeart have been making podcasts for 10, 15 years. And as this medium has exploded, and it has exploded, you have almost 120 million Americans a month listening to podcasts. That's a mass reach established yeah. medium. One thing that is maybe the most surprising genre is what's loosely called rewatch podcasts. We do a few of these. We have wonderful shows like Fake Doctors, Real Friends with Zach Braff and Donald Faison. Mm. We have another show called Welcome to Our Show with Zoe Deschanel, actually, just launched. These yeah. are all sort of similar insofar as it is casts of older shows mm -hmm. coming back together to reconnect with each other and with fans. The formats of the shows are different. Sometimes it's just conversations. Sometimes it's literally rewatching episodes. Right. But I am fascinated with why this genre <laughs> has come out of nowhere and exploded. And, and I, can, yeah. I can explain some of it, like streaming platforms have reintroduced this content to new audiences, but I can't explain all of it. Like there's got to be some deep nostalgia to it as well, maybe. But what is your take on this? I like agree with you. It's like wild. And the question when when we kind of aired and we're putting ours out into the world, all of a sudden in all the press, it was it was Zoe Deschanel and, and Zach Braffs and the One Tree Hill girls and, you know, the office ones and so many wonderful, amazing shows. So I don't know if the timing was ironic and that's just like the universe because it wasn't like Zoe and I emailed each other and we're like, oh, you're doing yours. And I, I've no and Sophia Bush for a long time. We never even talked about her doing that until it came, you know, came out. And I never mentioned any of mine to anyone that, so that's wild to me of the timing. Cause I also don't know, unless you guys are just, obviously you guys are amazing, but it was all the timing was also right around the same time, but a little bit different. You know what I mean? Cause I, I'm a little bit after. So that I think is like more the universe just bringing this out. And I'm not trying to be weird by any means, because I do think it's wild. But I think, you know, after 10 plus years of something, you can kind of go back, look at it in a different lens. And because of streaming now, a 
lot of shows are still relevant in a way. Do you know what I mean? Or they come back. Like I have a sister that's 19 years old and I, I'm one of five. So I had a sister that was in high school while I was filming Gossip Girl. And then I had a sister that was in it after. And, and just now that it's coming out again, you know, on Netflix and stuff. So the experience that they both like, it's crazy because it was so big for both of them on totally different things. Way done. So I think after 10 plus years, you go back, you revisit it. Everyone's on to a different part and chapter in their life as an artist, as parents, as people. And I think it's just a fun thing to go walk down memory lane. And 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 I feel like you can have like a bigger, looser conversation because we're not, you know, we're not in it and trying to be super private and worried about storylines and worried about who's dating who anymore and all that stuff. It's done. It's in the past. We can laugh. We can, you know, look at it and, and talk about it. So I think it's a little bit of that and that we've just had such solid, amazing, wonderful fans and viewers that are still so supportive. So I think they get excited to kind of hear the details. And mine is a little bit of both. We have a lot of rewatches coming up. We've started with a lot of conversation with cast and creators and stuff. So I, mine is going to be a little bit of both where we do a rewatch, but we also do a walk down memory lane. That's awesome. I mean, it, it's got to be really interesting to revisit part of one's life so like rigorously. Yeah, we <laughs> like we were, it was before social media. It was a show that hit on a level that none of us, it felt like to us overnight. When Josh yeah. and Stephanie kind of talked, they, there was a writer's strike and, you know, it was probably not literally overnight, but to us, we did a show and, and a couple months later, we had paparazzi outside of our place and people knowing us around the world. So it felt very fast to a lot of the cast and, and stuff like that. And yeah, we were just, we were living in New York City. We were in our early 20s where that's a really big time where you don't, you know, you're just living your life and having fun and dating and all those things. So it was quite the time. And then to experience that all together on a level was very special and weird and will never happen again. Even if you, we all do another show that hits on that level, it'll never be that time frame, obviously, or in New York City, you know, and, and it was kind of cool because it was very fresh for all of us. It was a very new thing for everyone. So, and in a different world, like the fashion world was very involved and the music scene and New York City. This wasn't, you know, us playing doctors in a small town where we didn't have all these other elements to it. So that opened us, us up to all these different worlds. And then living in New York, it was like, here you guys go. We're like, what? Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, it's it, it's almost like you guys are sharing this very personal, I don't know, photo album with audiences yeah. of private and public experiences alike. Yeah. It's a really cool show. Well, because we couldn't like, you know, we Chase and I on his episode, we talk about like some of the nights of going up on his roof deck and having, you know, fun up there. At the time we were going up there because no one could come up and take photos or do anything. So we weren't talking about that in interviews. We weren't, you know, we, we didn't even have social media, but there wasn't. So now we can talk about it openly and how much fun we had and stuff. People really didn't know and and nothing crazy. I'm not, I really want it to be a positive, colorful time and space for people to come. Cause I also think we need that right now in the world a little bit. So it's, this isn't like you're coming on and I'm dishing secrets that like, it's not like that. We're, we're talking about things and stuff that we haven't, but like fun and, and our experience and stuff. So it's been really, Really fun. It's awesome. Well, listen, this has been a thrill. I mean, it's I, I find it so fascinating this whole genre, but also just your story of grit and sticking with itness in in LA. It's crazy. It's awesome. So yeah. I deeply, deeply appreciate it, Jessica. The time yeah. today, the half hour conversation cool. means a lot to us. Everyone, yeah. please stop what you're doing and go subscribe to XOXO. This is a great show in a great genre in an amazing medium right now. Jessica, thank you very much. Thank you. This was awesome. 
<laughs> Everybody, thanks for listening, tuning in. We will talk to you next week, Thursday, around this same time for more of, uh, of stuff like this. Appreciate it. Stay well. Conversations is a production of iHeartRadio. You can find more from the biggest names in podcasting on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. We went from normal life, healthy child to acute lymphoblastic leukemia or B-cell, ALL. The St. Jude team came up to get CJ via ambulance. Shortly after that, I noticed a rainbow. It meant that there was hope. We were driving into hope. To have hope is to have your child healthy. And we have that because of St. Jude. You can help kids fight childhood cancer. Please become a St. Jude Partner in Hope today by visiting musicgives.org. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com dot com slash compatibility.